wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome Grab yourself a tub of popcorn, a soda, maybe some milk duds as we welcome you to Saturday Morning Pajamas Presents at the Matinee. I'm your host, Jax, here with my lovely AJ. Hello. In the background, you may hear our um, darling little puppies, so ignore them. <laughs> uh, we hope not to hear too much fighting and rumbling from them, because we're going to talk about something even more amazing. We've just came from seeing... Da, 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 da. Suicide Squad. Starring everyone's favorite actor, Will Smith, and some others. <laughs> you, you sure this wasn't the Margot Robbie movie? Or maybe the Jared Leto movie, considering everyone's reactions to it? No, because you'd actually have to spend more than half the movie on them to be out the Will Smith screen time. Right, right. <laughs> so we're going to give you our honest opinions about the movie. A little generalized plot line about it. Um, not going to go too much into spoilers. Um... We're going to touch on a few, few things, and we're going to give you our overall opinion. Um, for those of you who are just going to skip to the end anyways, I, for one, enjoyed the movie. I also very much enjoyed the movie. I am a bit of a DC fanboy, though. However, um, can, I do have my own qualms with the movie. As do I, and uh, they're going to be a little bit different, I'm assuming. We haven't, we've only talked briefly in the car on the way home. Mm-hmm. So, let's get right into it. Uh, first things first, gen- I'm going to generalize the plot for you. Mm-hmm. So we're in the Batman Superman universe. Mm-hmm. It is now you know, it is now the DC Cinematic Universe. Yes. So the events of Batman versus v Superman: Dawn of Justice have taken place, and so have, of course, Bat uh, Superman: Man of Steel, which I still have to see. Drat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So those events have taken place, and now the government is all worried. Uh, you've seen it in the trailers. What if Superman had been a bad guy? What would we have done? So, what is there to do? But we let this woman, Amanda Waller. Yes, Amanda Waller. Yes. Uh, You will recognize her as someone from the movie The Help, because that's apparently where I recognized her from. Uh, Never seen it. Don't know. I just saw her as Amanda Waller. Although I still got a very, very, very strong sneaking suspicion. If they could have, they would have cast the chief. The chief he's referring to is from Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Come on, y'all know the words. Where Where in the the world world is Carmen Sandiego? Fun little trivia I read about IMDb. Uh, One of the frontrunners for the position outside of uh, the person they got was was Oprah Winfrey. Now, while I don't want to see Oprah in this role just because I can't envision envision that, I really want to see some, like... um, Audition footage here. Well, I don't know if they actually have audition footage. They probably just had... They probably offered the, her the role and she went, no. Or they were in talks or... it made it. For all I know, it could have been someone was having a board meeting and someone said, what about Oprah? Nah. And that was it. <laughs> no, no. I think it was, what about Oprah? That's a great idea. Great idea. Oh, yeah, boss. Great idea. After the meeting's over, oh, my God. What was that idiot thinking? <sighs> so Amanda has this great idea that... To because Superman is a metahuman, we need other metahumans to fight the metahumans. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Where where are we going to find metahumans? I know we'll go to prison where we have a shit ton locked up, 
And nothing bad can happen if we ask them, slash, or them, slash, not tell them the actual de- any details. Slash, threaten them. Yeah, to go and do this shit. And take care of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do, and... She gets the approval from the government. They, uh, some terrorist event happens. Well, let me rephrase this. Terrorist. Code word for big shit the government doesn't want to blame on anyone but anyone in the U.S. Except for the fact that it's the government's fault entirely. Yeah. Well, Amanda Waller's fault. Yeah, but details, details, because really, we don't know many of the details, because there's there's a few little... Little Swiss cheese has less holes in this movie. Still damn enjoyable. It's a very, yeah, again, a very good movie, but this movie felt like... The studio got their sniz- their special cut happy snit snizzers scissors ready. I almost said snizzers twice. Jesus. Um, anyway, they got their scissors ready, and they just went, "Oh, don't need that scene. Don't need that scene. Don't need that scene. Hey, let's put more of this character in. Don't need that scene. Don't need that scene. Don't need to build up this character. Don't need that scene. Don't need that scene." That's how this movie felt. Yes. Uh- uh, in other terms, think back to the 90s when everything was radical, tubular, that type of situation from the... Sorry, the dog just went after a... Never mind. So, we <laughs> it's basically where the stu- some studio head who knows not Doesn't know nothing, but it wasn't their vision. The director, the writer... The editor, they all have a vision for the movie, mm-hmm. and then some studio head that doesn't know any, that doesn't really know all the details behind everything just came in and changed it. Uh, I would like to say I think maybe maybe Jeff Johns had a view for the movie, and then the studio got scared after they gave all the reins to Zack Snyder. You know what? I saw what been a wonderful idea that we're not smart enough to think of. We should watch the Batman v Superman director's cut, R-rated cut, to show you, see what was cut out of there to get an idea about what might have been cut out of here. Yeah, true. We probably we have it sitting on our shelf, but we just still have not watched it yet because <laughs> we kind of have to get up the uh, attention span and the attitude to sit through that movie again. Yeah, I mean, it, again, enjoyable. It's just man, DC's a lot heavier than Marvel. Which is really funny, considering that in the comic comics world, it's completely flip-flop. Yeah, it's... We'll go more into DC versus Marvel um, comparisons later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, the plot is they go to fight this evil entity that the government is at fault for. Um, and then we spend, I'd say, good 75% of the movie on this one night... With them going after the beat, after the thing. Which, the reason I'm bringing up that 75% is because, from the trailers, they spent a lot of time in the prison. I figured, you know, and they barely spent any time showing them outside, so I didn't expect that much movie to be dedicated to To this. be fair, though, they did a great thing at, by doing that in the trailers, is they didn't give you away... Oh, uh, yeah. ...give away a lot of the great set pieces that were in this movie. Exactly. No. And that I really appreciated, because I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I also, though, uh... The problem with that not knowing what's going on is by how they built the story. But we're going to go into that. Um, that's basically the plot. We're going to take a step back, hear from one of our fellow podcasters a little bit, and then we'll come back in and we'll get into um, a few more things. See you on the flip side. <laughs> 
Every year, TV shows get cancelled, some not getting picked up for a second season, but there are some unfortunate shows that get pulled before airing all of their episodes. I'm Ed, host of Unaired, a podcast where we take shows cancelled with episodes left unaired and give them new life by pitching what could have been future episodes. And so Rodney Dangerfield, he's dead now, and little Rodney walks away. He clicks open the lock on the book. You see a list of crossed out names. Rodney Dangerfield, he takes a pen, crosses it out, and up on the screen it pops up, Where's Rodney? Where's disappears, and the N-E-Y disappears, and just pops up with Rodlander. There can only be one. God damn it. Giving them new theme songs. Welcome to Siegfried and Roy's horny animal kingdom. And even pondering a reboot. What do you think a reboot of this show would look like? It looks like a boot, but like another boot. Two boots. Two boots. A bootception. Check us out on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to our friend's little message there. I hope you'll give them a chat after you're done with listening to us. Now we're going to talk a bit about characters um, and really character development. So it's going to be kind of like a little bit more technical, but... We swear, we think we know what we're talking about, and we hope you do, too. Yeah, essentially, what we're going to be going over right now is what our issues with the movie were. Yeah. Uh, and the big thing for both of us is that the... Okay. Actually, let me back up a, a sec here. Uh, if you've been reading the news reports, if you ran Rotten Tomatoes this previous week before the movie was released, we saw 9.15 showing on a Thursday, okay? So we're on the very first, one of the first people to see this movie outside the press... Tell me why it was tanked on Rotten Tomatoes from all the scores by fans, by, by you know, just regular filmgoers who haven't had a chance to watch the movie yet. Uh, and, 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 you know, I've heard a lot, of the, um, a lot of the pissing and moaning from DC fanboys going, oh, well, it's a conspiracy. It's people rating this movie badly because they want it to be bad. And, you know, I, before the movie saying, I was like, I was kind of sitting there going, get a life, guys. If it, the movie's bad... The movie's bad. It's not the first bad DC movie we've seen. It's definitely not going to be the last. So, you know, that's that was my view on it. Now I sit down and I wa- I've seen this movie, and you know what? While it did have some negative points, I don't understand all the hate that it's got. It's, it's almost like something that you said to me earlier, where the DC, uh, the one that's between DC and Marvel is that DC is afraid of taking... of pissing off the fanboys. Yeah. And so by not taking... And so Marvel took risk. Mm-hmm. And yes, some people complain, but uh, there's a lot of new fans. And for the most part, unless you're that hard, hardcore Marvel super fanboy living in mom's basement, drinking Mountain Dew, eating Cheetos. Wait, that's me. Um, <laughs> and unless you're that really uptight and that's your life, you're going to get on with it. Well, with DC, you're, well, they're not taking chances. And so... Now you have the fanboys who are complaining because you don't take chances, and you have the ones that complain that when you do take a chance because you right. have to take some sort of chance. So they can't win. They, you know, you I, can't I re- win for losing at this point. Yeah, I think I would love to see take a few more chances, do some more character development. Uh, a lot of this movie, I, when I said earlier, it was the Will Smith show. It's because they there was a lot of characters in this movie, which is another criticism you may have heard, and. I don't find that a problem. It's not a problem that there was a lot of characters in the movie. It's a problem with how they, their screen time they were allotted and how they were written. What I mean by that is there were... <laughs> sorry, dog issues. What I mean by that is 
Will Smith's character really, really fleshed out his backstory, and mm-hmm. we got to see... He got to be a, a multidimensional character. Yes. Harley Quinn's, we got a great backstory. Granted, her backstory was a lot... Iron Show to the Joker and everything. Mm-hmm. It still was a great backstory, and we got to know her as multidimensional as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone else in the movie, on the other hand? Well, no, it, about three-quarter... No, a little over three-quarters away through the movie... We got to see uh, El we, Diablo's... Yeah, we did get to see some character development for El Diablo. Very little. Um, and, but Croc, no. Captain Boomerang, no. Uh, Which is really sad, because I name? really wanted to like Captain Boomerang. What, what's his name that like we don't know anything about? Sli- sli- some Flag? No, it starts with S. Uh, Slade Wilson? Oh, Slipknot. 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 There we go. Slipknot. I, the reason I can't remember him is we don't know a damn thing about him. Yeah. He he plays a really important role in the movie. Uh, he he serves a great purpose. Know nothing about him. Yeah. His his entire purpose of the movie is to die. Spoiler. We're not gonna tell you when, but yeah, his entire purpose was to die. It's like he great. You know he. I don't care that he died because you didn't tell me who he was and, and you know anything about him. Yep. So it's kind of, and there was a lot of death because there's some evil entity, and so there's going to be death. So it's actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, Slipknot had two lines in the movie. He had his introductory line, which got a laugh, and then an affirmative, and that's it. Uh, He might have had another one or two, but I think he only had two. But anyway, doesn't really matter. It was that just falls down even more to the whole character development aspect of this movie. That was the big problem. Yeah, even Amanda Weller, we. We know a little bit about her, but we don't know a ton. I would love to know why she does what she does. Yeah. Why she is the way she is. I mean, it could just be, you know, she's a power-hungry maniac. Or she had to grow, you know, a pair because she had to deal with all the men telling her, like, you're a black woman, so, you know, you can't do nothing. I'm a white male, aged 1835. I know everything. Yeah. And she she fits affirmative action. She fits, fits all those type of things. You know, it's just an interesting, there, there is so much more this movie could have been. Yeah. And it just wasn't, because like I said, it, a lot of this movie felt like it just got thrown to the cutting room floor. One of my, one of my complaints with the movie is that I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but as I've said like multiple times now, but I just have, a, I don't know anything about DC Comics. I know I basically know the Batman movies from the 80s, mm-hmm. and I know there was a Batman TV, uh, TV show in the 60s that was um, interesting. I you know mm-hmm. I know that, but I don't know a lot about the comics and this, all this, uh, this uh, comic universe. And so, while I like the movie, I just get the feeling that a fan of the comic would like this movie 500 times more, because there was a lot of great set pieces, a lot of great callbacks to things that... Went over my head because I never saw it. Uh, for example, there's there's a scene that has to do with uh, the chemical that turned Joker into the Joker. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that's what that was. I was I you know they, I, they give you a quick glimpse of the outside of the container, which says Ace Chemical Factory. Which, if you're a fan of the comics, the cartoon, any of those, you know that that's where you know Joker became. The Joker. Oh, yeah, that's where Tommy Lee Jones fell into it in Batman Forever. Yes, uh, I told you. That's what I know of. That's not it. <laughs> yeah. So, here's... But, I mean, that's that's the thing. 
me being a comic book fan, someone who grew up reading DC, uh, reading my dad's old Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow uh, combo comics, I love DC. I that's what my choice of the you know of the two major companies is. I'll read DC over Marvel any day. However, as a fan of the comic, but also as a fan of film, I know there's a lot of issues with this movie. There's a, a lot that can be taken negatively. There's a lot that are being taken great. But, you know, go in there with a grain of salt, and you just might enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have put it better. And for my critiques about not knowing all these details, I'm not saying... I need to know every detail. I'm saying it goes back to my problem of add some establishing shots mm-hmm. so those who don't know what's going on can get the idea. Yes. And, and that just makes it more enjoyable for everyone and and actually it would make some scenes more memorable for you, mm-hmm. making you more likely to go, I need to get the movie. Which, AJ, what did you say as we were leaving the theater? What? What did you say as we were leaving the theater? Um. And we saw it was across the hall? Oh, Yes. We were walking out of the movie theater, and, you know, ours ended, and there's another showing just of the movie right across from us. And I said, hey, look, another showing. Let's go see it. We were out there with assigned seats, though, so uh, even if we wanted to be those theater hoppers... <laughs> no, we couldn't. No. <laughs> so, anyway, it you know, it it is a good movie. It, it does have its faults. One of my big... And I'll say, you know, one of the biggest faults in this movie that I had... Was, you know, to, first of all, the hype surrounding the movie. The hype of negativity surrounding the movie. It's it's gotten to the point where even if you're not actively going on blogs or websites dedicated to the movie, just because people share stuff on Facebook or mention something on Twitter, mm-hmm. or you just overhear it because it's being talked about so much, it, it actually was one of, the, one of the things that why I was so shocked when uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane came out. Because we heard about that movie, like, not even two months before its release. Yeah. For the first time. And I was like, there's not enough time for the hype to kill the movie. Yeah. You know, and, and hype can make or break a movie, but there wasn't enough time. But it, It's getting to the point now where you want to stay away from it as much as you can, but you can't because it's everywhere. It's, yeah, it's like, and Lord help you if you use YouTube and something sinks its claw into YouTube's ad program. Yep. Because, like that movie, Nerve, I really didn't know anything about it until like a couple weeks ago. Um, I finally w- read something about it. Um, but I know for the previous like month, about h- at least half the YouTube videos I watched had an ad. For Nerve. For Nerve. Or I kept seeing like on the treading, like, here's a clip from the movie. Here's another clip. I'm like, I kid you not, I probably have seen like a dozen different clips uploaded from the official movie mm-hmm. studio about this. I was like... Okay, to quote um, Homer Simpson, um, there's a scene in The Simpsons where Homer's at the video store and they're showing, um, those are those relics from the past called Blockbuster, mm-hmm. if you remember them. And there's like you, there's a TV in the corner sometimes showing movie clips or different things. <laughs> and so Homer's sitting and was there while the kids are picking out a movie and he's watching this part of the McBain movie. And then the video clerk asks him, like, hey, Would do you, you want to rent it? it sir? Why? I just saw the best part. Yep. That. You know, and that's what's come down to with all these hype and it's like, I just want to know, like, wh- you know, I just need to know some basics about this, know if I'll like it or not, and don't lie to me because I've seen you do that with trailers. <laughs> well, which, like I said earlier, that's one of the greatest bits of marketing for this movie was the fact that 
the trailer showed very small amount from later in the movie. Most of it was actually from from probably what the first twenty minutes. First twenty minutes or so. Um, there might have been a few clips later on, um, but that was really it. Uh, our dogs are playing. If you hear that noise, no one's getting hurt. We're keeping an eye on them. Yep. Uh, anyway. But yeah. So, and my second biggest problem with this movie. Hey. Oi. So you're going in sing sing. We've yeah. named the puppies uh, Pen Sing Sing. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so the second, my second biggest problem with this movie, I would have to say, it, it still also involves the hype, but I would have to say Jared Leto. Um, now here's the thing. His Joker was an interesting take on the Joker, on an interesting take on the modern, on a modern. Joker. It wasn't as corny as Tommy Lee Jones was. Well, Tommy Lee Jones wasn't the Joker. Tommy Lee Jones oh, was Oh, Two-Face. Duh, thank you for correcting me, because for some reason... No, no, you're... Th- no, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as corny as Jack Nicholson. It definitely wasn't as corny as the original Joker. Um, oh, I cannot think of his name right now. I can't either. But, um... I bet he wasn't... And he wasn't as... Okay, I didn't want to do this, but to have to compare him to Heath Ledger, they played Joker in two different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, Heath Ledger played a good, mad, crazy, psychotic... Methodical. Yeah, psychotic. Methodical. Methodical Joker. Jared Leto played more of a batshit crazy loon who seemed more like he was on cocaine the whole time instead of crazy. Yeah, and that was my biggest problem. Is The biggest bulk you get of learning about Joker's character comes from when they're giving you Harley Quinn's backstory, how she became, how Harley Quinzel became Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a good scene, but it makes him seem like more of, of a cocaine addict. He's just up all the time and, cra- and kind of just like, here, there, there, here, crazy. I would have loved to see some more, a baseline for Joker. Like, here's him acting normal. Here's him not reacting to the thugs. Here's him not being high because he's um, seducing Harley. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the th- that's one of the great things about the actual character, the actual character of the Joker, is yeah, you do see those low points, and that's one of the that's why one of the best Jokers out there. Has always been Mark Hamill mm-hmm. because Mark Hamill has the great voice, but he can do it very low key. Yeah, it's it's like that really cheesy quote, like "Without the bad times, the good times wouldn't seem as good" or something. Mm-hmm. Yo, know, we need to see the Joker a little bit more calm, just so we can appreciate how crazy he is. Like, if you just saw someone going around. Um, if you saw someone just going crazy, going around all shooting all people, whatever, being the crazy type person, you're like, okay, they're crazy, but whatever. But then if you saw them as, well, he was just a quiet boy, never caused any trouble, now you realize how far he's gone or how well he tricked people, one or the yeah, other. exactly. Uh, and then, piggybacking onto this, I'm still of the mind they had to cut a ton of scenes because for however much Jared Leto was in this film... Mm-hmm. 
all the reports and all the trivia about how he was crazy, how he acted on set, and thought um, where he had to be a method actor. Like he sent bullets to uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith. He sent dead yeah. things, to dead other rats, a, a pig with its throat slit. And the thing is, you know, we've heard a lot of rumors of what happened. We don't know for a fact what actually happened, but being the kind of method actor that he's been reported to be, I can kind of see him doing that, trying to get play a psychotic character. Right. However, that's... I, I've said this before, and I even was talking about this last night. I think, truthfully, method acti- acting is the bane of modern cinema. It, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, sometimes I understand, but other times it, it's okay to a point. If you lose yourself completely in the role, it's... It's, We've lost too many fantastic actors to quote-unquote method acting because they take on the role of that actor 24-7 because they have to be that character. And we don't need that kind of intensity. Yeah. Well, and then it's like, I don't... I kind of like it more when you can when you can see a little bit of the actor in there when the actor puts their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing method acting, you're committing so much yourself to that character, you're not adding yourself to it. And that's kind of what the, one of the issues is, is that it's we've become such an all-or-nothing kind of culture with these, these kinds of things mm-hmm. that it's just... Even when it comes to acting, we're so all-or-nothing that we, when we have people playing these types of characters, they're going all, all in, and it, it's just causing problems and damage and... You know what I want to see? Saw hmm. this. Okay, Jared Leto, you love method acting. Jared Leto needs to do the Captain Kangaroo biopic, and he can be Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> method acted that. Method acted that shit. <laughs> yeah, but he'd probably find some dark side that he needs to show. Mm. Anyway. He'll play Punches Celestia in the My Little Pony movie then. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Like I said, it's we're, we kind of got off topic here, but that's kind of what my issue with that character with his Joker is it's just it's too much right it's here we go here's an analogy it's like you you're someone who there's likes there's no to, subtlety that's what it is there's no subtlety no um uh, say you're someone who likes the, the, the taste of chocolate mm-hmm. okay so you go out to a restaurant or something and they have their triple chocolate decadent ch- you know cake mm-hmm. that's too much it, you you can't appreciate the chocolate because all you taste is it's it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You need to dial it back a bit. And great actor Jared Leto is, I you know wonderful actor. I love him. Other things, mm-hmm. but dial it back, <laughs> and we'll go from there. Yep. Okay, so we need to take another break right now. Um, hear from another one of our friends, but we will be back with a little bit more talking. So we hope to see you. Hey guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. All right, thank you for coming back, and thank you for listening to the words from our fellow podcasters. 
They appreciate your listening, uh, your ears as much as we do. <laughs> yep. So, one thing, another thing I like to say, I know I love to see when uh, someone that I used to like back, you know, as an actor, and I someone I used to love to watch back in the day and show up again, and hopefully getting a new boost to their career. So, in this movie, we have Ike Barinholtz. So, if you don't know who that is, uh, watch old some old Mad TV, like towards the later seasons. He always played kind of a good doofus, uh, frat boy kind of char- character in Mad TV sketches. Uh, but he plays the head guard in, uh, was it Blackgate Prison? Black, not Gate, but I don't remember the I name. can't think of, you know, I'm supposed to be the DC fanboy and I can't remember. But anyway, so, you know, I just like, I thought it would be, it's great to see him in a movie again. And hopefully this, you know, gives a good, uh, you know, boost to his career uh yeah there's also got to say fantastic mu- music in this movie oh yes like okay here was one of my greatest fears with the movie mm-hmm. um and that was that the the movie was going to be too serious and i don't want to say dull or boring but it was going to be lacking energy uh think about our if you think if you listen to our episode about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, mm-hmm. we talked about the scene where you you're introduced to the turtle mobile thingy. Yeah, the, well, I can't remember the, the turtle name. wagon. Turtle wagon, thank you. It's of course not my that, turtle that, wagon. That, Mine prob- came from the eighties. But well, point is, yeah. But during the trailer, they're playing Run DMCs. It's tricky and it's all fun. In the movie, no straight action, serious. That was my fear for this movie, where like we're seeing all this great high energy music during the film or during the trailers, uh, like Sweets Ballroom Blitz and Queens Bohemian Rhapsody, which for the record is not on the soundtrack. No, they have a pack at the disco cover of Bohemian Rhapsody and Ballroom Blitz. I don't remember hearing it once during the actual movie. I could be wrong, and it could have been just for a quick short scene that I just didn't notice it, but I don't remember hearing it during the movie. Um. Exactly. So maybe, maybe not there, because I don't remember it either, but there was a lot of music, really great music. Um, point. <laughs> I had to get back to the point. <laughs> so they were, my fear was, we are lightening up the trailers, mm-hmm. but we're not lightening up the movie. I was wrong. They use great music during this film. And they use a good, they use it very well. They don't just shove it in there. It actually feels like it belongs in some of these scenes. Yes. It, it helps lighten it. It kind of helps tell you a little bit about the characters almost. Mm-hmm. It's really and fun. Almost. Yeah. But it's re- it makes it really fun. Uh, and, you know, and I know one of the issues you had with the movie was the length of the movie. The length. It's it's not that... It, how long was the movie? Like It was just under two hours. Okay. I, I remember when I checked... Our movie was supposed to start at 9.15... So, of course, we're going to get about 10, 15 minutes of trailers. Yep. So, I would say our movie started at 9.30. We got out of there after the credits were completely over around 9.20. Or not 9.20. 11.20. Okay, yeah. So, it wasn't terribly it wasn't terribly long. It felt long. It had the Les Mis effect, which is what I'm calling it, where you lack establishing shots. So, it feels like you're just rushing from set piece to set piece or scene to scene to scene and you're not having time to breathe in between or to learn this new area yep. so it makes it seem really long because you just know I know all this stuff happened but I don't know how I got from here to there Yeah. and so you know like I said that I, I can understand that personally I didn't feel like the movie was that long I actually you know I, when it was over I was sitting there going I want more <laughs> oh. 
But that was, again, that was kind of my issue with it. Anyways, I felt like a lot was cut out, and I wanted to see those bits that were cut out. Yeah, it's. I felt like they could have done so much more, and I I, I keep debating with myself whether having if there was another movie preceding this would have like helped, like kind of like how they're going to do with the Justice League, where we have like a movie about a bunch of different people. It would have been great in this movie if we had more established characters. Yes, like I mean, I'm not saying we needed a Deadshot movie or anything like that. But, you know, ha- have at least one more DC movie where, say, we have a villain or two that all of a sudden showed up in this movie. Or what if, just like, in the background, not the background background, but if during Batman v Superman, hey, we see a wand poster for Deadshot, or someone's passing by this person, or exactly. something pulled over just to kind of give that wink and a nod and give you an idea that we exist together. That we're all in an interconnected universe. Yes. Which we do get in this movie, but it's mostly in a post-credit scene. Yes. Uh, there is a post-credit scene. There is not an end-credit scene. It is... We got, like, what, maybe, like, five minutes of credits, and then we got the, the scene? It, maybe five minutes of credits, if at that, but, you know, it is kind of... It's kind of like what move, most movies have been doing is the mid credit scene and not giving you a actual post credit scene. Though some have done both, and so we were the only ones to stay till the end. By yep. the way, like we, granted, we were wrong, but you know what? We will try. We I did not pay ten something a ticket to leave before possibly missing some of the movie. Exactly. So what the what the post credit scene in this one gives us kind of establishing for the Justice League movie. Yes. So essentially, it's um. What happens is, uh, uh, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda Waller. And Bruce. Yeah, she gives off off some uh, files to Bruce, which goes out. You know, he looks through them real quick, and you see it's a photo of the, of the villain from this movie, the Enchantress, a photo of the kid who plays the Flash, and then a photo of uh, Aquaman. Oh, which I have to cut back. Almost forgot this earlier. We actually did see uh, the Flash in this movie. Yes, they they did have a very good. Good scene where they're talking about one of the villains. He got caught by the Flash. Yep. And it's just a quick scene, and he says one line, and he's gone. But still. That, that is the type of thing I'm talking about with what they could have done in Batman v Superman. Just a little bit of a taste, so that way when you see the next one, like, oh, wait a minute, it kind of, it, to look at from a marketing standpoint, it mm-hmm. then draws up those memories and makes you want to go back and watch the other movie. Uh, but, and to be fair, though, um... The scene was actually pretty decent, if, even if it was a blink-and-you-miss-it scene. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit something myself. When I saw the Flash show up in, uh, in the little, like, oh, he's watching a um, security footage thing of the Flash in Batman v Superman, I didn't like it. And I'm sitting there going, really? But then recently we saw the trailer for the Justice League movie that came out of uh, Comic-Con. And the little bit they showed of him there, I'm like, okay, I can see it. And then I, sh- they, I see him in this movie, and I like his attitude. I like the costume. I'm actually up for this Flash. I like this Flash. So, and you know, and there's... And, like I said, we've said, we've had a lot of gripes about this movie, and I know that we focused on them. I'm sorry. But, well, here's the thing. We had to focus on these because the parts we love are going to give you way too many spoilers. Exactly. <laughs> this movie has... It is probably one of my favorite DC movies in a long time. And you know what? It It's probably going... If people let it, I think it will reinvigorate the DC cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that, upon hope that this will 
allow us to continue on and get you know a good Justice League movie, and maybe we'll learn some lessons from this. And hopefully, those lessons are take some more chances. Mm-hmm. Not not just take chances, but you know what? Make a decision where you go with the characters and commit. And hopefully, don't half-ass it. Exactly. And hopefully, it do, it also learns its lessons from the negative aspects. Which, I mean, the final thing I'm going to say about this movie negatively, and it's not so much about this movie as it is something that I have a problem with movies in general right now, is that a lot of movies, especially if they have an action set piece, are having to use this shaky cam, quick cut thing, and it's it's getting a little ridiculous, because at this point, it's getting to the point where I don't know what's going on during these scenes. And I would like to see, you know, the actual action and know what's going to happen. What it, is happening. To me, uh, it's... I have, um... I have wonky eyes. You know, stay there. My, my vision's not the greatest. It's gotten better, um... Yeah, but... Special eyes. I had surgery last year, and it's not LASIK, so... Yeah. <laughs> I actually had put you to sleep, move this muscle here, do all this bullshit stuff. I had legit, like, surgery on my eyes. Both of them, as a surprise on that day, just, you know, because I have a chat to the doctor for that lovely surprise at five in the morning. Um, Point being, stuff like that hurts my eyes. And it takes a moment to adjust, which is part of the reason why I like establishing shots. It gives me a moment to reconfigure where I am in the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's getting to a point where I'm almost like, could you not choreograph the scene well enough? Could you not write the scene well enough? Could you not act the scene well enough that you're trying to hide what's going on in the scene from me? Because that's what it seems like you're doing. And you know what? And, if you can't, don't tell us, show us, but you can't do either at this point. And, thing is, and to be fair, in this movie, there was only one scene like that that was really just so fast-paced that you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But it's such a glaring thing for me now nowadays. It's like, I, I'm so sick and tired of it. And the rest of this movie was so well done with those kind of action set pieces that it makes me wonder why they felt they need, the need to do this. Could it have been that that might have been one of the reshoots? Maybe it was like the second director. I don't think maybe that... maybe it was someone's choice. Maybe they were trying to hide something. We don't know, but I'm hoping this is one of those lessons they learned from. I'm hoping so too. So anyway, that you know, those are our thoughts on the movie. I personally, I feel like go see the movie. Please go see the movie. Yeah. I want to see more DC movies like this. And for us to do that, you have to go. Yes. <laughs> and I know we nitpicked a lot, but you know what? We want to hear from you. Go check out the movie. Leave us a comment on the blog post at nonoms.net, N-O-N-O-M-S.net. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought about. Did it suck like royal balls? Tell us. Did you, oh my God, love this and you're going to marry Harley Quinn? Tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know your thoughts because we'd love to hear them. Uh, we always love to hear from people. You can also find us on Twitter under SMP underscore Jax. You know, let me know a message. Let me know what you thought. We would just love to hear your opinion on the movie. Um, and your opinion on us, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do I talk too loud? Does AJ's voice have that nasally thing that just drives you crazy? You want to love you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let us know. Because we, you know, do you like some opinions? Do you like when we talk about certain things? We love your constructive criticism. Uh so really, that's it for today. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to all of our friends who we played promos from during the show. Definitely check them out. Once you've checked them out and you've listened through us, you know, if you want to get an audiobook, take a little break from podcasts, go to audibletrial.com slash SMP. Get a free 30-day trial. More details on the blog post at nodoms.net. Um, 
As well, if you like this podcast even a bit, consider becoming a patron. We have a chip jar on the website that you can go check out for more details as well. Uh, shout out to all of our listeners on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, everywhere else. Um, these are all great, wonderful free apps with a lot of shows for you to listen to. And so I definitely recommend checking them each of them out because they all have different things uh, available, different shows. Um, and, yeah, we will see you again next week. Uh, we're looking at maybe doing another video game vacation episode, possibly, unless the feeling strikes me and I want to watch a movie. Um, however, certain uh, additions to the household means we're probably going to have a video game episode. <laughs> um, but until next time, it's been a blast chatting with you, and hope we hope you guys come back. Bye. Bye-bye.